0: everyone and welcome back to the oceanic planet podcast i'm your host phoebe and thank you so much for joining us today so for today's podcast i'm joined with ava herica a climate activist and the founder of uh, the magazine um hi you would like to introduce yourself to those at home
1: yeah thank you so much for having me yeah so my name's is ava and i'm from chicago and um i'm really passionate about um the environment more on the social science side and how like we can mitigate climate change through um effective systemic change and um achieving environmental justice and i read a lot of climate books throughout the past couple of years and i um started my magazine last year
0: that's amazing so for listeners that are not too sure on what interdisciplinary environmentalism is would you be able to give like a little summary what it means and what it involves
1: yeah so um interdisciplinary environment kind of incorporating various academic subjects and like seeing how they all can connect to the environment and that's um sort of what my magazine tries to do with having articles you know connecting the environment to architecture business psychology and so many other disciplines and um yeah so I'm sure like it interdisciplinary is like a term that's kinda used commonly like in higher education. But yeah, it's just essentially just trying to like not, you know, like have subjects that are just like math, just reading, you know, like you're you're um taking different um academic subjects together in in order to learn them in a more effective way through different perspectives. I think that it's really
0: important. That because I think that when everyone thinks of environmentalism, they kind of forget about the social side of it and yeah. just think it's all about the environment when without one, you can't really have the other. And as someone who is very educated on the current global issues, what do you think are some of the biggest ones that we face today? And what do you think are some of the things that we need to do to overcome these issues?
1: Well, climate change is um, for sure probably the biggest um, issue of our entire lifetime. I think that in order to like effectively mitigate it, like obviously, like we can't like fully solve it. Like it's already like it's a lot of its detrimental effects. Like we can't reverse at this point. But I think just learning how whatever your career path is, how it can become more sustainable, and like how you can affect like the environment in that like career path, because it's all about trying to find what you're good at and seeing how whatever that is how that can help the environment because that's really what's going to help us mitigate this crisis because if we just need scientists we would have solved this a long time ago because we already have like all the science and tools and data that um is needed to kind of like identify this problem and how we can solve it so it's really just about collaborating through um, a variety of career paths and um Looking more at um, how we can systemically change things um, instead of just you know like um, doing individual action things, just like metal straws and like stuff like that. Like it's more just thinking about um, how we can make changes that actually have an impact, whereas um, like kind of like pressuring yourself to make all these little changes that really won't make a difference. So yeah. So I think one of the
0: things that really needs to change is making people more aware of the issues that we face and the education that's in place. Like in schools, you don't really hear much about how to manage things sustainably unless you take like a course in it. Um, your magazine does a really amazing job at raising awareness of issues and how people can help. What would you say is some of the best ways to get this message of urgency across to everybody?
1: Um, honestly, you just have to like read any like, um climate change research and you'll like realize how bad this is. or if you want to read it in an actual like, book like you i would recommend reading the uninhabitable earth by david walswells this really um shifted my perspective like on climate change and like uh just how urgent it is it just tells you a lot of things that like you wouldn't learn in school so i definitely would recommend that book but yeah there's a lot of resources um that are available to teach you about the urgency i think it's just more about like are you willing to like learn about it and not let like anxiety or kind of like prevent you from doing it so that's another reason why i think it's important to find how your passions can connect to the environment because that'll make it a lot less stressful if you actually feel like you can do something to help instead of just like thinking that um, climate change is only a science issue. While that may reg- resonate with a lot of people, it might not to some. So, Yeah, exactly. And
0: I think people, when they start reading into things, they start getting all this anxiety and feeling a bit overwhelmed because it can be quite depressing reading about all these issues and you just question, how can I make a difference? Um, but on the topic of education, one of the things we don't really hear much about is about a Blue New Deal. I understand that everything in the world is you know, intrinsically linked and so the green new deal is really really important and um, we do need to push that to get done because what we do on the land essentially influences the oceans like the way we farm um or use pesticides these called dead zones in the oceans and for anyone that isn't aware of what a dead zone is so when um farmers grow crops they use a lot of pesticides and fertilizers and there's a huge amount of runoff that runs down through the soil and essentially reaches those river systems and then eventually enters the oceans. And then when these chemicals enter the ocean, um, it makes this algae grow faster, just like it would for the crops on land. And you might think this is a good thing, having more algae growing in the oceans and help fight against ocean acidification. But unfortunately, this is not the case at all. And the speed and the extent in which it grows is not natural. The algae grows and then when it dies, it decays and when things decay they use up oxygen which means that the fish and other inhabitants are not able to survive and this usually happens in coastal areas where the rivers meet the ocean and there are currently over 400 of them there are dead zones that do form naturally in the environment from a lack of mixing however as anthropogenic pressures have increased man-made dead zones have been intensified and also the natural ones have been intensified and these can go on for many kilometres out into the ocean. And essentially, if you think about the impacts of those on ecosystems and then also the impact on humans and local fishermen's livelihoods, which, which they build their whole lives on these fish stocks and rely on them for how they make money, for their food that they eat. These, along with large global scale issues, such as climate change, ocean acidification, over-exploitation, other forms of pollution that have a huge impact on many lives. Transforming the way that we do things is something that's really, really urgent, that we need to really move towards a more sustainable way of living. And especially seeming as you know, half the oxygen we breathe comes from the ocean, the fact that nearly three billion people rely on the ocean as a food source, and also how many people are living in those coastal areas and how important the ocean is on buffering climate change we don't really hear of many strict restrictions that are being put in place that are really held up to try and reduce human actions on the oceans. What are your opinions on how we can overcome some of these challenges and the threats that really can damage the health of our oceans and some of the things that need to be done to get to a place where the ocean is secure and safe from pressures of human exploitation?
1: So I think one way um that this can this problem can be like you know like kind of reduced is um by um utilizing green roofs because they um they're designed to like absorb um like storm water basically like a sponge and by doing that um they actually reduce a lot of um this um fertilizer runoff that ends up into the oceans and um yeah because like you know like if with standard roofs they kinda like you know the water isn't absorbed so then it like flows and then like you know it like obtains fertilizers and then ends up in the ocean so i think green roofs are um, a pretty convenient way for us to um kind of combat this problem because you know like it's it doesn't require us to like be- rebuild i'll um, just like add green roofs to buildings that are already there and not only is um this one of the benefits of green roofs but they also um Reduce a lot of electricity in that building, and they overall um, improve the productivity of all the individuals in that building because they're surrounded by like kind of a green space and stuff. So yeah, I think that's one way. Yeah, that's a really cool way. I haven't thought of that way.
0: Um, this is also I was also thinking about sustainable fisheries and the way that we exploit the ocean. Um, I saw this fact and it was a, it was like a third of all of fish. That's available in supermarkets. Nearly a third of that has been illegally caught, or has been in areas that are not managed properly. And what we I was thinking about is sustainable fisheries and how they used to be solely about producing as many individuals as possible. But as that genetic technology has advanced, there has been like a huge focus on maintaining that genetic diversity in those individuals. Um, there was actually a paper that was written in 2009 and it was about captive bred Atlantic salmon and that impact on wild populations. And they found that individuals that had been captive bred in fisheries um, that were located out in the open ocean, that if the ind- individuals escape through the nets, which they usually do, and they went on to breed with wild populations, this it's could actually lead to the offspring and future generations. Um, of the wild populations not being able to adapt to changes in climate Um, so they wouldn't be able to adapt to those colder winter waters that are associated with the variability in the climate that we see today. There are obviously now lots of programs to ensure that that diversity is maintained within those um, fisheries and the management is available and for conservational purposes.
1: And that just kind of
0: highlights how today, especially with the help of advanced technologies and techniques that are readily available, that proper management can actually be done and prevent species extinction and protect the ocean from human pressures. That paper was called um, The Impacts of Natural Spawning, Captive Bred Atlantic Salmon on Wild Populations, the Depressed Recruitment and Increased Risk of Climate Mediated Extinction, just for anyone who is interested in looking further into that but yeah I think that especially with the technology we have today it's definitely possible like you said with the green roofs and the last question so I have for anyone that's listening today that is trying to get their voice heard and raise awareness of an issue that they're passionate about what advice would you give them because especially seeming as with the current global pandemic it's, everything's kind of been cancelled in person um, so it's kind of moved to solely based on social media
1: what would you say
0: to anyone that's really looking to try and express something that I'm passionate about?
1: Um, I think it's all about just kind of identifying like what you're best at. So, you know, like if you're a writer, you should start a blog or, um, you know, if you're really good at public speaking, you can start like a YouTube channel or honestly just um, find whatever you're good at and how that can um be utilized in the Internet setting. And, like, I think that is the platform that works best for you to kind of educate um, others on how, like, whatever you're passionate about, like, especially if it comes to the environment, like, how that, like, plays out. So, I think that's a great way as well. But, yeah, honestly, I think, too, like, just, like, the best part about, like, all this extra time we all have is just, like, the endless amount of resources available on the internet um, to, like, you know, educate yourself about, you know, like, there's um countless on like studies you can read on google scholar if um you like want to just like be like want to learn about climate change issues in more of like like an easier like more broken down way like you can check out youtube channels like our changing climate and vox and so many others and yeah it's just about finding like what, how, like, it's kind of what I was talking about earlier with how like, our magazine is interdisciplinary. It's just about finding like, what you're passionate about and how that connects to the environment. And that's basically like, the best you can do. And by doing that, making it specific enough, you can create a unique form of a passion project to project that idea and help educate others. And also,
0: not to put too much
1: pressure on yourself. Um,
0: for such a large issue because when researching it can become quite overwhelming i think making sure that you're taking care of yourself as well because you can't pour from an empty cup essentially um yeah yeah, um that's it for today's episode a huge thank you to ava for coming on the podcast today and for everyone that's listening please do check out the feather magazine their instagram is at Further magazine, so F E A T H E R
1: magazine. I believe your seventh issue is out now. Is yeah, our seventh yeah. issue um came out a couple weeks ago, and yeah, there's a lot of cool articles that you know like connects to the environment in unique ways. Like for example, we have one about like um a coffee shop in like in um the UK and like how they're um trying to be more sustainable. We have one about um sewer overflow and like how like the environment. The environmental impacts of that. We have one about like French climate policy, and so many others. And yeah, we have, I think, over 80 articles now. So there's probably, hopefully, at least one <laughs> that you find interesting. So yeah, you can yeah, check so it out yeah. at further.com. That's, that's basically something for everyone.
0: um I gave your magazine Maria, a read. It's really interesting, insightful, and really eye opening as well. Thank so, you. So thank you for joining us today and I'll be back with a new podcast soon. Hope you're all having a great day. Um, Bye-bye for now. Thank you. Thank you.